0: Yes, coming in hot, episode 8, the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who has hit many linesmen in the neck with balls before, Jobber.
1: (laughs) How's it going? That's Uh, a statement of fact. (laughs) It's open (laughs) up. That is not true. Poor old Novak Djokovic, huh? (laughs) Can't catch a break. (laughs) Uh, He really whacked her. (laughs) Um, so, she went down a bit easy, didn't she? Oh. Yeah, and she gave it, like, I thought it was a little bit dramatic. You ever played cricket and you drop a catch and you always stay down like you're hurt? That's yeah. how I felt like it looked. She just missed a sitter, so she's like, oh, I'll go down. Um, so, look, that wasn't the only incident over the weekend. So, your boy, Carl Walker, got a red, um, a fairly rash challenge. Mm. <laughs> Hit him harder than a Djokovic throat punch with the tennis ball. Um, so that got me wondering, what's the worst tackle you've ever seen?
0: Yeah, worst tackle. So we touched on Cantonar's um, kung fu kick, but that, I suppose that wasn't a fan, not a player. So take that one out. Um, but it's got to be Roy Keane on um, Alfen Garland, doesn't it? So Roy, Roy's—he um, was running, playing at Manchester United, Manchester United, and he was in the box, and he went down actually, and um, and tore his ACL, and. Alfinger Haaland stood over him and said, told him to fucking get up. And um, Roy, um, in all of his wisdom, put, just put that in the memory bank. And then two and a half years later, um, he got him back, didn't he? Went straight over top of the ball <laughs> and literally folded him half like a garden chair. And um, that actually ended Alfinger Haaland's uh, career. And then Roy Keane proceeded to stand over top of him and said, you told me to get up, now it's your turn. You get up. And he never did. So... Yeah, the king Roy for me. Um, what about you, mate? Apart from your own, obviously, so just you
1: can't keep just going solid. back, let's let's uh, let's think about what Roy Keane did for a moment. So all that time he gave Alfing yeah. Harland to give us Erling. Um, so I don't know. Roy's kind of a hero in this scenario in my eyes, but I suppose everyone sees it slightly differently. Um, <laughs> yeah. My favourite one actually. This one takes me right back. So I didn't see it uh, live because I would have been less than one year old, but. Um, in Italian '90, there was a bloke named Claudio Caniggia who played for Argentina. This is my favourite tackle for a number of reasons. So he was a mercurial winger, as everyone in that Argentina squad in the '90s was, um, and they were playing Cameroon and this before. And still is, and
0: still is to be honest. <laughs>
1: still is a flying <laughs> winger somewhere. Um, so he uh, he was. He was dribbling along, and this is before Cameroon became everyone's sweetheart in 1994. Um, They Mm. were butchers. So, (laughs) Kanegi picked the ball up, and he was sort of trying to run towards goal. And he would have run for 60, 70 yards with the ball. But, like, every couple of yards, one of the Cameroonians would just absolutely try and lash and hold him. And then eventually, I reckon he got about 20 yards from goal, and then the final one came through. And it was just a big body check. And he smashed him. And Kanigia, I still think Kanigia might be down from that challenge. Um, and there the, was
0: some, some of those challenges, the the lads um, trying to tackle him ended up horizontal on a couple of yeah. challenges. <laughs> just in.
1: Oh, it just made me laugh how many goes they had at him. Um, yeah, that was that's my personal – it's my worst, but it's my favorite tackle of all time too. Yeah, right. All right.
0: Uh, so we might get into the pod, huh? So we got the second half of the Premier League preview. So we did um, A to L. Now we're doing the second half of L to W. Um, touch on the Nations League being rather busy. Transfer chat, everyone's favourite, and then um, into the into the mailbag. Um, but you've got some uh, some uh, text message items you want to get out of the way with uh, Yaya.
1: Yeah, so I think we'd it would be remiss to not bring this up at some point. So the biggest news in football in the past two weeks is Yaya Toure being kicked out of a charity game. So, oh,
0: yeah. So yeah, Yaya, good, is it?
1: So Yaya, um, they started a WhatsApp group for all you young people out there who don't want your messages being read by the government. Um, so they started a WhatsApp group for the charity game. And <laughs> apparently Yaya Toure put... put uh, Photos of um, a professional worker of kind uh, naked in there, and then also offered to bring a number more back to <laughs> to the rest of the group.
0: Yeah, um, and basically, basically he said, um, I'm bringing these these this number back. Who else wants one? I can easily top up the numbers.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stood himself down. I think for other reasons. I think his ankle was playing up, but he didn't feature in the charity game. Um, the other great thing that happened this week is, uh, Roberto Mencini, um, the hard man, yeah, the hard man, or got a lush head of hair for a hard man too. Um, he accidentally dropped Giorgio Chiellini, so they brought the line up to him. The assistant coaches brought the line up to him and they said, look, here's a squad. And he didn't have his glasses on. <laughs> so a survey started ahead of Chiellini and then they got to the start of the game and Mancini's like, what the fuck's going on? Um. Kill he's supposed to be out there and they're like, here's the team sheet and he put his glasses on. He's like, oh, I'm meant to play him.
0: Accidentally dropped him.
1: Jeez. Yeah. So, so, it's been a big week.
0: Um, that's international management for you, isn't it? Just semi-retirement, just absolutely phoning it in like no no cares in the world. No, it's just the um, different world. All right, let's get into it then. Huh? Shall we uh, dive into the second half of the preview, which um, first team up um, and you're is it your second team or third team? <laughs> Liverpool. So coming off a, a title win for the first time in a long time last year, what are your thoughts on their action or lack of in the transfer window and their your prospectus for them for next season?
1: Yeah, so I think their lack of action is justified by, um, I'm not sure if you remember in March, they attempted to get the taxpayers to pay their staff wages um, by furloughing them and asking for the government to dip into the pocket and pay the staff. So I think that might be a factor as to why Liverpool have been so inactive in the transfer market. Um, I'm not sure if it's a question of the funds are available because you wouldn't want to have a bunch of money pop out of nowhere and say, oh, actually, we're going to spend $30 on Tiago when three months ago you are asking the taxpayers to foot the bill. Um, So I think that might be a factor in their transfer inactivity. Um, but for this season, I think, oh, they're going to have to go closer, again, aren't they? They're just so bloody good. Um, yeah. I th- yeah, they'll be f- probably first or second. They do they do need to do something to move the squad around. It looks like they're going to sell off Genie Wynaldum, which is an interesting move.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I was a little bit shocked that Barca want to come in and, and take him, actually. But there you go.
1: I, I'm not shocked by that. I think he's quality. I think he's probably one of the more underrated Footballers in the world because the stats don't really speak well for him, as in, like, God, oh, not many goals, not many assists. But I think if you're looking at that for Genie 1 Aldi, you're missing the point. Yeah,
0: he can't really get into the um, Liverpool team on a regular basis. So I think when they're full strength, he doesn't play. So,
1: yeah, I'm a yeah, fan. It's, it's a tough
0: one. Yeah, I, I know you are. You can clearly tell that. But yeah, I'm just not sure that he is a Barcelona signing. But then again, um, the Barcelona now are very different to what they used to be, aren't they? So, yeah, interesting one. Um, one from him, but um, so, do you think Liverpool are good enough to challenge and defend, or if you Klopp attack the Premier League, um, even though they've let um, Lovren go?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to be. I suppose that no. makes them more competitive. Um, I don't know. I do. I do wonder if they've sort of hit their peak um, because they've just been like unbelievable for the last two years. It was 190-something points over the last two seasons. Um, yeah, yep. Like, that's outrageous. So I, I think – I wonder if they have hit their peak. And, like, Klopp's methods would be fairly tiring, I think, if you're a player. So he does need to recycle that squad a little bit. But you'd think they'd be top two again, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, you'd have to think so. They'll, they'll be in the top. Um, top couple of teams, I think that's that's pretty easy to see. Um, I, I am a little bit surprised they haven't done anything in the transfer market. I think if they move um, Wijnaldum on, potentially, that'll free up some cash, and they might actually go in and uh, and spend some spend some money. But they've um, leaned out their squad too. So yeah, Lovren's gone, lana has gone, Nathaniel Klein's gone, who are all on uh, reasonable wages. So yeah, I think there's there's some room there, but oh, like they don't really need to do too much do they? I mean, last season they were pretty much perfect. So, yeah. Don't need to do a lot for me. Um, should challenge again. Um, but we might move on to their, um, probably their biggest challenge this season to retain the Premier League, Man City. Um, what are your thoughts on them? They've done some um, some pretty big moves inside the transfer market and almost pulled off the biggest one of all.
1: Yeah. It's a um, little club that could, aren't they? Um, so, <laughs> they've moved quickly. they got Ferran Torres Um, from Valencia very quickly, and then they've needed to shore up that defence, so they brought in Nathan Ake for 41 mil. 41, Um, yeah. So there's a couple of reasonable outs there too, but so Sane leaves for 54.8 to make space for for Torres, and then David Silva has left on a free. I think Silva's going to hurt him.
0: Yeah, losing silver would hurt them. I think we've already touched on this that I'm a bit surprised that he's leaving this early. I think he had some more time um, at that top level, not in a um, sort of full um, 90 minutes every week capacity, but yeah, definitely could play a role um, in that team and he's a bit of a legend there. So you think they'd let him ride out and do what he wants to do. But um, I'm sure he was on a chunk of change, so that, that'll that free that up. Um, and they've also moved on Claudio Bravo, um, which is interesting. Um, and they've brought in Scott Carson. On a loan deal from Derby County, so bit of a shock move there, but um, I'm sure Carson will be looking forward to collecting a giant check and sitting on the bench every game.
1: I swear Carson was a Charlton number one a time ago, like maybe 20 years ago. I'm <laughs> well, not kidding. I think last time they were in the Premier City, League, he might have been. He might have been the number one. I'm not joking. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I don't think they're done in the transfer window either. Like they're just they're just finding they're finding money, aren't they? As long as it's yeah, well, well they or... sold
0: Tane for 51. So, I mean, that's a big chunk of change that they can they can spend. Um, and they've, they've definitely got money. What they're trying to do is just tread the line of um, financial fair play. But, um, yeah, Ake was a big spender as well. But he's 25. He'll be around for a, a while. Interestingly, he played on the left-hand side um, for um, Holland on the on the weekend. So, yeah, I didn't know he could play Um as a as a wing back or a left back, really. So that was a bit shocking to me, but I suppose good news for um, the ball fraud that he can move, use him out there if he's um, if he needs to or anything like that. So well, it'd make yeah. it makes
1: sense, I think, because Laporte would be the other starter, and he's also left footed. Yeah, so potentially he's going to go out and left, and Pep's going to reinvent football again
0: and um, um, play Fernandinho at centre back again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, no, so yeah, they're obviously going to be the biggest challenge. For Liverpool, are you, are you tipping them to um, overtake Liverpool, or you want to hold hold your tongue on that?
1: No, I think, think? I think they'll win the league this year. I don't, really? think done, I don't think they're done in the transfer market either. Um, I think there's a couple of big signings still to come.
0: Yeah, no, they, they look decent, don't they? And uh, yeah, like I think for me, it's probably them, um, Liverpool. It might be a touch in front of sort of Manchester United, and if Chelsea can keep it together, so. Um, yeah, they can definitely challenge, and they um, look pretty good, and they look even stronger. Um, I don't think they'll really miss Sane because they sort of essentially missed him all of last season, don't you think? Like, is that a yeah. big, big miss? Like, it doesn't feel like a like a big miss if, you, if he's already been gone for so long. He hasn't played for them for so long, so
1: no. And that attacking third is not really a problem for him, is it?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the other end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah they got shore up that defense. Yeah.
1: So why don't we move on to the to the biggest club in Manchester? Um, <laughs> so the mighty Reds. What do you think? I'll, I'll try and I'll try and let you guide guide this one. Um, I might have a bias.
0: Yeah, you might have a bias. Um, well, I think they've done rather well actually in in terms of um leaning out their squad. So you look at the outs there. Um, they've officially moved um Sanchez on, um to to Inter. Uh, like obviously he was on loan there, but he, they've converted that to a, a real deal. So um, there's a bunch of wages that that get freed up. Um, and then other than him, they're just really leaning out your squad. You look at the other um, people that they've released there, they've all either gone out on loan or they've actually been released for, for nothing. So, yeah, I think that that's good in terms of leading out the squad. Bought Donnie in um, and um, extended um, Igalo's loan. So, um, yeah, like I think they'll be looking to challenge and I think they might ruffle a few feathers at the top. But um, not necessarily convert to anything um, in terms of trophies or anything like that this season. I think the squad and Oli is um, still a bit um, a bit green before they actually start looking to challenge for some bigger titles. So I think another year and they'll go close. But as I said, they don't think they'll they'll bring anything home. Um, I think that this is sort of a big season for Oli. He needs to sort of kick on and show that he can challenge because um, if he can't um, and they've spent all this cash, um, I think it might spell some trouble. But, yeah, I think he's made all the right moves. Um, they've done quite well. W- what do you think? Are you, are you expecting them to, to push on from sort of that third, fourth spot um, or uh, are they going to bottle it?
1: I think it, I think the performances will be slightly more attacking but I just don't think like uh – Donny's a good player and I think he'll be great. And I think if that's, if the three in the midfield is Fernandez, Donny, and Pogba, like that's up there with the best. Um, but that wasn't necessarily where the squad needed strengthening. Um, the left back with Shaw's injury history is an issue. And centre-back Lindelof hasn't convinced and Harry needs someone quicker next to him. So I've just, I don't know if the transfer strategy paid off. And then there was all that talk about Sancho, which has led to nothing. So I think they've got, like a week and a bit to bring some more players in if they want to compete with the big boys. Otherwise, I think we're looking at much of muchness and sort of round that third to sixth, seventh range. Um, and I think any time that Oli loses a couple of games in a row, people are going to be looking at these out of work managers like Allegri and Poch, and be like, "You're on thin ice." Um, yeah. But Don, Donny's a good signing, but I just don't think I don't that shouldn't be the end of what they do in the transfer market because you look at what Chelsea have done and it's just. Like that—that's who you're competing with. Um, so if you want to keep up with the Joneses, not just Phil, um, then you've got to—you've got to start going into the market.
0: Yeah, I think they, they seem like, um, from reading the papers, they seem like they've got cash to spend still. So they, they are still putting bids in for players. They just they just can't convert. So that obviously makes me think that they've got cash ready to, to spend. Um, all they need to do now is is convert it to, to the deal and, and get it over the line um, and and work out who, who that is. But they're similar to um, Man City, aren't they, where the problems are down the other end. Not They don't really need to get any more attacking or have any other weapons. Um, they probably just need to shore some stuff up at the back.
1: Yeah. Okay. Speaking of shoring things up at the back, Brucey's boys, eh?
0: Bruce's boys. Hey, when we were talking about the <laughs> it's a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> when we were talking about the potential ins for Newcastle, gee, it looks different now, doesn't it? Yeah, Mbappe, the-
1: Neymar, yeah. Messi, and now wrong. You got Fraser on a free, Henrik on a free, and then
0: Gillespie free from promoter- olive <laughs>
1: But now, now Callum Wilson could be on today, so it's not all bad up at Newcastle, is it? And the long staffs are back.
0: Yeah, or the long staff signed new deal. I, I presume they just signed the whole family up on a family deal, family deal, family bargain. But, yeah, I mean, they're just a bit underwhelming, aren't they? They're, they'll be where they finished last year in that lower um, sort of mid-table. I don't think they'll um, go close to getting... Relegated. There's there's too many um, other weaker teams around them, so they finished thirteenth last year, and I think they might be at that point or slightly lower Um, this year. I can't really see them shuffling from there. They're obviously not going to spend any type of money compared to the couple of teams we just spoke about. But yeah, their squad they've leaned it out a bit, haven't they? There's a lot of outs there as well with um, sort of ten players going. So yeah, what are your expectations? Joel Linton
1: stays. Interesting.
0: He stays, and I tell you, wasn't happy about that. Troy Deeney, <laughs> Troy, at him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was like, um, "Oh, he's only scored three goals. And he's worth forty mil. I scored fourteen, and um, I've got plenty of years left in me." So, um, he doesn't really need to do a drive by there of uh, Joel Linton, but he did anyway. Clipped him on the way through. So there you go. Yeah. Um but what, what are you what are you thinking for Newcastle?
1: Yeah, more, I think I, think I think they'll be down towards a relegation. Um, to be honest I do, I do like the signing if they get Callum Wilson over the line I don't mind that um a bit of a foil for big Joel Linton because in Mike Ashley's defense the one time he goes out and spends 40 million he gets he <laughs> a six foot three brazilian that just doesn't work um I think he's yeah. broken um so if that was sports direct he'd return him straight away and he wouldn't get a refund um but no look I think I think they'll I think they'll struggle again next year they don't well, they, Brucey did all right last year and kept him up. Improvement on Rafa Benitez, obviously, but um, yeah, I think they'll be there thereabouts for relegation. But if, if things go right for them, you could see how they could just stay up and um, be relatively comfortable. Like Fraser comes in, Callum Wilson comes in, um, and like you know maybe one or two more signings just tweak things a little bit. And if the long staffs can really come on too, then all of a sudden they do start <laughs> moving on. into they do start moving into that mid table range. Um, so. Yeah, I think anything above relegation is success for them, I think.
0: Mm, I'm thinking more of the same um, for, for them, just the same as always, really. Just battling relegation at the start, but then we'll, we'll get safe and we'll just completely underwhelm. Um, but, Brucey, hey, have a go at him. Still, still continues to keep a job. Who knew? Sheffield United um, to another United now. Good season last year, didn't they? They did rather well. Um, especially at the start, sort of died off at the end and that's probably due to their um, thinner squad. They couldn't compete once the game's come thick and fast. But ninth last season, um, what are you you expecting from them?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think they're going to go back down the table. Um, I don't think they're going to be as successful as last year. I think sides of cotton on top. Um, I think they'll be lower like much lower next year. I actually tipped them to go down last year, so this is me looking silly. But um, Ramsdale is a good signing from Bournemouth.
0: From get Bournemouth, a, yeah, yeah. Decent signing,
1: yeah. Get a keeper in. Um, I think they still need a few more players. Like You've got to keep improving once you get into that Everton zone or else Everton will pip you for that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not overwhelmed with who they've signed. I think Chris Wilder is going in the transfer market again. This week to try and pick up a few international players, he calls them. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't. he's would be
0: so continental. <laughs> we'll get one of those international uh, you get, ones. <laughs> you,
1: get, <laughs> you, you get those European types. Um, yeah, but look, I think I think they'll be headed down the ladder a bit. What do you reckon? Um,
0: yeah. Well, I suppose it's a little bit hard to say as. You, as you say, they're, they're still sort of um, not done in the transfer window. So if, if you're looking at them as they are right now, they might slide, but sort of based on um, their squad not too, not changing too much, more the teams around them improving and spending some cash and improving their squads. So I think that'll push them to slide. But um, that's as at now. But if they sign someone or, or go into the market, um, yeah, I think that they, they've got room to improve their squad and they can compete to that Um to keep inside the the top half of the table, which they just did last year, finishing ninth, and I think anything above um, tenth is a good season for Sheffield United. Another consolidation year, and they can just keep building um, steadily. I don't think you want to go too fast and and you know jump into Europe the next season. Their squad will be too thin for that. They'll have to make too many additions to to have a European campaign if they if they get that far. But yeah, um, I think probably more more of the same for them and I hope they do well. I hope they sort of finish in the top half of the table. Southampton. Um, we want to move on to Southampton. So I am really excited that Kyle Walker-Peters has moved from Spurs to Southampton. I think it's a good move from him. I think he's going to get heaps more game time and I'm glad that, uh, yeah, he hasn't sort of kept that cash and hung around in, in London and he's gone out to Southampton where he is going to get a lot more game time. What... Do you think of Kyle Walker Peters and Southampton's chances?
1: Kyle uh, Walker Peters, is all right. I, I'm quite excited by Southampton. I think if Danny Ings can keep his form up, then they can do anything. I think uh, Ralph Hassenhüttl is potentially one of the most, um, one of the most intellectual Premier League managers at present. Just the way he thinks about the game and the way he doesn't play him. I think they could. I think they could really turn to something great. Um, they've signed Salisu from um, did. So that's another attacking-type player. And they've got Walker Peters, who's a young Englishman, um, who I think was there on loan last year. And I think think they could really do something this year. I think they could be the surprise packet.
0: Really? There you go. A bit of a dark horse, do you think?
1: I think they are. The way they bounce uh, back from that Leicester battering, like you can't get any lower...
0: Yeah, so um Ralphie he, he almost got the got the chop after after that game and I think they were struggling um for a, a long time there but he sort of he turned it around really slowly. I feared for his job at the start but yeah, he sort of got through that and and they're done done okay in the end. So they finished 11th um last season. What do you think do you see them sliding for that or you see them kicking on into the top half of the table?
1: No, I see them kicking on. Um so as I said Salasu's like a they're, they're, they're making a statement there, I think, with that sort of sign. So he's a 21-year-old centre-back and he's going to come into the side and they've got Walker Peters as well. So he's signing young players that he believes will push them onto the next level. I, th- I think they will genuinely be the big movers next year.
0: Yeah, I think one of their biggest problems is they just they rely so much on Danny Ings. I know he's scoring the goals and he's banging them in at the moment, but an injury to him is what I fear um, would, would really push them down the table. Um but just the pressure on that man's shoulders, I mean, he pretty much carries the their goal tally, doesn't he? He does, just does so much for him, like talisman for for them. But if so it, I, f- I fear that they're, they're a bit thin up that, up top. So if something happens, um, the goals will really dry up.
1: But if things turn to shit, you've always got quality of Ward-Prowse's free kicks too. So if you're desperate and you want to park the bus, like he's the best set piece taker. Well, he's one of the best set piece takers in the Premier League. Like So you can always just go back to that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it worked for Stoke and Charlie Adam, so why not Southampton,
1: huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should right. we should oh. do a
1: pot on what Charlie Adam looks like, <laughs> one day. All right, let's. I'll spend
0: let's... twenty minutes on his front teeth.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, look, he looks about sixty. Um. All right. So moving on, moving on to Tottenham Hotspurs. So they've had a couple of big ins: Matty Doherty from Wolves, uh, Joe Hart, and Hoiberg, who I think could be the signing of the season coming in from Southampton. What do you think of Spurs?
0: Well, do you want to talk everyone through Joe Hart-Taylor first before we get into it?
1: Oh, he just can't help himself, can he? <laughs> My God. Um, they had they had a pre-season game against the recently relegated Watford, new look Watford actually, a lot of lot of different players in that team. And I can't remember who it was. They had a shot, a shot from about three towns across. <laughs> and I don't know what Joe's doing. Like he's he's got the big break, he's back in the game and he's just thrown him in the back of the net already. Yeah. He's he's there for, he's there as a cheerleader. Let's just make that one hundred
0: percent clear. I'm sure Mourinho is fine with that. Um, no, well, I, I like I like Spurs. I do enjoy um, watching Spurs all the time. I think there's when you're watching them, there's always something going on. I think when when Poch was running things, there was always they were always a good team aesthetically to watch. And now Jose's in charge. Um, I'm always fascinated tactically about what he does and what he dreams up during the week for the weekend. So I think they're always a good watch. Spurs. Um, I, I feel as though their their days at sort of hanging around that fourth, fifth spot seem to have drifted for me, and I think they'll have a very similar season to last season. Um, and I think I'm going to say they they're going to fall from six, which is where they were. So. Yeah, unless unless they spend some money, but I don't see see that happening. Um, they got that stadium debt that they're still paying off. Um, so unless that Amazon documentary picks up um, and you get some uh, get some um, revenue out of that, I just can't see them spending more any more cash. And therefore, I see them staying sort of where where they were, being a little bit under underwhelming. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, I think I think their signing of Matty Doherty is a good one. I've, I alluded to that the other week. I think he's the best right back outside the top few. Um, I'm still surprised with no backup for Harry Kane, but the squad they've got is like is pretty good. Um, so they really shouldn't be dropping. But you would like to see a couple more signings come in. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I think they'll be third or fourth. I think they'll be alright. I think Jose will make them really. Yep, I think Jose will make them bloody hard to beat. They'll be. Yeah. Boring as shit, but like he'll thrive on it. They'll buy in because you see in the the documentary, like um, you know, Deli Ali famous, loves being famous, and they're all famous now. But they've all got to buy into Jose's mantra. Um, and I think I think the club is in a position where they're still a bit starstruck by Jose because Tottenham, you know, I don't know if you've seen their trophy cabinet, but it's fairly empty. And it's no, a big I, manager for them. Yeah, for I think them, Jose. Yeah. Jose, I imagine, wears his. Medals around most days, um, so I think I think they can buy into what he's trying to do because no one there is really, um, like, has really won much. Loris has got a World Cup, which is fairly impressive, but outside of that, it's <laughs> yeah, pretty, outside of
0: the World uh, Cup. Yeah, outside that no, little
1: it, World Cup that he carries around, yeah. um, and he's moved on. Yeah, Vatonga, which was a surprise.
0: Yeah, I think I think um, a big loss for them, actually. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure why why he moved on. Potentially, um, game time. He fell in love with Eric Dyer, and uh, Vatonga saw that and thought his game time was going to reduce. But yeah, I was a bit shocked that um, he he went, um, and that someone else in the prem didn't come in for him. One of those bigger teams. I mean, you hear this all the time about how there's hardly any good centre halves out there and all the big clubs are looking to sign centre halves. Well, there's an experienced one right there, um in his prime too. So yeah. yeah, I was a little bit shocked by that. He's he's nice and versatile too. He's played can play on the left, can play on the right, um, and and through the middle. For for Belgium, he plays um in all in all different spots. So yeah, I was a little bit shocked by that.
1: Uh, he's going to Lisbon to get some sun. Probably go to the beach a bit. He'll be fine. Um, but yeah, he'll be
0: fine. Not uh, sure Spurs will. Yeah, uh, without him.
1: Yeah, I'm going against you here. I reckon they'll be. I reckon they'll be sort of third, fourth, fifth area competing for the Champions
0: League. Okay. Um, so someone who was in the top couple of spots last season, West Brom.
1: Yeah, that's that's relegation fodder again, isn't it? Um, yeah, they're in trouble. They are in trouble. In,
0: se- second last year in the championship, and and come up on one of those automatic promotion spots without um actually winning a trophy, whether that be the title or the playoffs. So there you go,
1: yes. the most
0: underwhelming way to go up, I'd say.
1: It is, but Slavin, Slavin Bilic is a good manager, so I think that'll, that'll help them. And they've also secured um, Diane Garner from West Ham, and Mark Noble spoke out against West Ham about letting this young fella go. So there must be something in him, especially if Mark Noble, who's been around forever, says something complimentary about him. Um, and they've got Mateus Pereira from Sporting Lisbon, so they brought a forward in. I, I don't know if a forward's what you're looking for, but... They've obviously got a plan in mind. But again, I will go back to Billich as a good manager. So um, obviously that bodes well for him. But what do you what do you think is going to be the outcome for West Brom?
0: Yeah, um, they brought in um, David Button from Brighton as well, which I think is a, a good signing. And Shaw's up their their squad as well. Um, yeah, well, I think they've obviously got some, some work to do. Um, anyone who's coming up has got their work to do. I'll be surprised. I'll be looking forward, sorry, to seeing what type of uh, football they want to play. So... Do they want to sort of tuck everyone behind the ball and just try and survive or are they going to go out and play some football? Because they did in the championship. um, They were um, a little bit rock and roll in in the championship. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how they go but I do fear for them um, to be going down Um, and I believe I'm going to be brave and tip them to go straight back down.
1: Is so that brave, <laughs> tipping the second place team in the championship to go straight back? There. Well,
0: I think this far out, when the transfer window is not closed, yeah, um, yeah, I think I think they might be um, in big trouble.
1: And will they be joined by your second team and a serious banter club, West Ham United?
0: Yeah, well, I don't know, Declan Rice. He seems to have heard that um, that call from Triple H, and <laughs> um, he hasn't he hasn't moved on anywhere at the moment, which is good. But I think um, Chelsea is still floating around and circling for him. So I think West Ham's one of those ones where it's too early to call. Like there's some big moves that they may or may not make um, in the transfer window. So um, yeah, I think they're probably one that you probably want to hold off on before um, and see the window close before you work out um, what they're doing. But um, not a lot of ins there um, and not a lot of outs either. So they've been rather quiet. Um, but yeah, I just think they're just perennial strugglers, aren't they? They just can't work out who they are or, or what they stand for at the moment. Ever since they moved to their new stadium, they seem to be a bit a bit lost. Um, six, 16th last year, and, yeah, they'll be battling around there again, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think the same. <laughs> They've just got the weirdest composition of a squad. Um, Mark Noble's like 35, and he's potentially their best player. They signed the likes of Jack Wilshere, who's just cashing a check. Um I just uh, yeah, I I just think this could be the year that West Ham actually go down. <laughs> they, I watched a couple of their pre-season, like some minutes from the preseason game. And the defending is absolutely comical. Like yeah. they're just such a banter club.
0: They, um, they signed that Thomas Trucek on, um, on a deal from Slavia Prague. So, I think he's gone out on loan and back and forth between those two clubs for, like since 2018. So, they've converted that deal to a, um, a full-time deal now. I think they paid 14 million euros for him. So, um, yeah, they spent some cash. He's a midfielder um, and he's done quite well at, at Prague um, while he's been out on loan. But, yeah, interesting to see see how they go. Um, and what are you saying you're saying going down or battling?
1: jeez, I think they'd be very close to going down if not like they'll they'll just do it so comically and stupidly like and <laughs> poor old Moisey. actually yeah like Moisy might be able to do enough with them but there's just so many personalities in there and so many players that would just seem like they're there because they think they're at a big club but they're not really. Um, yeah. So yeah I don't I don't think it's going to be a great year for them.
0: Okay. All right. So, we might move on to um, Portugal then now. Um, (laughs) Wolves, Jesus Christ, honestly, they're just signing the whole on Portuguese first thing, aren't they? They're they're like Barcelona signing all these Dutch players. They're just signing… If you're Portuguese, um, wolves, are, wolves are in for you at the moment, aren't they?
1: Yeah, this this it's quite exciting for Wolves, isn't it? Like yeah, Portugal's in another golden generation, like the biggest one since, um, do you remember Rui Costa and those sorts, Figo, et cetera? Yeah, yeah this Rui is what Costa, it me of.
0: Figo, um, Nunes um, played up front for them. Yeah, they were awesome.
1: Yeah, so um, they've signed Fabio Silva for a club record signing and uh, he's been described as a once-in-a-generation player.
0: $34.5 million record signing.
1: Yeah, and he's only 18.
0: That's a lot of cash, isn't it?
1: But I think if someone comes out of Portugal, you're either going to get yourself a potentially like a Cristiano Ronaldo type or a Ronaldo Sanchez type um, or Ricardo Carisma and the far side. So he could be... Like, he's only – he's played 12 games for Porto. He's got one goal um, and they, they've paid $35 million for him. They must know it's something.
0: All, it's a lot of money but they seem to know what they're doing, I think. Um,
1: they haven't got many transfers wrong in the last two or three years, have they? No.
0: Uh, like, the whole squad just like has that European flavour about them, don't they?
1: Yeah, oh. mostly mostly Portuguese, to be hundred percent honest. But
0: um Yeah well,
1: But yeah, I think um, I think Jota,
0: Ramirez, Neto, um, Silva, yeah, all Portuguese. Jimenez gives
1: them that um Mexican flavour too, which is nice. But like I think that I think they're turning into a very serious football club. Um and I think I think they're gonna solidify again this year. I think Nuno's one of the best gaffers getting around. Like, Raul Jimenez, maybe...
0: He's Portuguese too, by the way, Nuno, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Raul Jimenez up top. They've kept him, which I think is just as good as signing a new player because, like, so many clubs were circling for Jimenez. Um, So I think keeping him was a big deal, bringing in Fabio Silva to back him up. As you said, Jota, Traore's got another year under his belt and he seems to be a bit of a late maturer, but, like, he's looking fairly ominous. Um, They've lost Doherty, but... I think I imagine they'll sign some Portuguese wing back to replace him. Um, I think I think they're just going to push on and on. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I, I think they'll improve their position. I think they'll probably go a little bit deeper in um, in Europe as well. Oh, they can't, can they? they they're out. Yeah. They didn't do. It. They didn't get it done, did they?
1: Are you saying they could win the league?
0: No, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying that um, I would have liked them to go on a, a deeper European run, but they're they're going to miss. They have missed out, aren't they? So they'll be pushing for it again this season. But, yeah, I, I think they'll push on seventh last year and I can in, see them improving that. Um, yeah, they've got a really nice squad and, and and they've got a lot of technicians in there too. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching them play this season and I think they will do rather well.
1: Question is, will they finish above Spurs?
0: Yes, they'll finish above Spurs. You don't think so? Oh, jeez.
1: Oh, I don't know. Jose's my boy. I'm not going to write him off just yet.
0: Even though you fired him, yeah.
1: <laughs> he had to go. Um, <laughs> okay, the
0: well, there it is. That That is the um, EPL um, preview by team. We are going to do the um, round one preview later this week, so stay tuned for that. Where we'll give our predictions, won't we? We'll lock them away and then open them up at the end of the year and see how wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, let's Probably get on to not, the
0: biggest league in the world. Let's, well, oh, firstly, first of all, with the Nations League, I want to start with a song. Is that song like a poor man's Champions League song?
1: It is. It, it definitely <laughs> feels. <laughs> it definitely feels that way. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it the other you got time, it? The other day. Oh, you got it. No, I'm not going to bring it up. Um, but it does. You can see what they were going for, but um, it yeah. didn't quite work out for them, did it? I couldn't see Erling Haaland blasting that in his car around the streets.
0: No, me either. All right, so we might crack on with Germany one, Spain one. What are your thoughts?
1: Good. That was as a good quality fixture. Um, I think there's a lot of lot of tired players getting around. But um, Germany were fairly dominant early. As with Spain, they're always going to hold on to the ball. But um, Germany Germany were like quite obviously man-marking and were quite obviously aware of the threat of um, Thiago Alicantara, who seems to be the flavour of the month. Um, oh
0: my god, he's so fucking good!
1: Oh, geez, you're a fanboy.
0: No, I am. I am a massive fanboy, and he's now officially my favourite player. There's a little clip getting around um, for the Australian viewers on Optus Sport um, and everywhere else. Check out YouTube of a couple like his passing compilation for that game. Oh my god, some of the like outside the foot stuff, inside the foot like spinning passes, and yeah, just whipping it into areas like playing balls. To where he wants players to be, and they can move on to it. They can understand where, what he's trying to do, move the team on. Oh my god, he just runs the whole pace of the game. The the game revolves around him, and he's in the middle, just walking around, just choosing whether he wants to speed the game up or slow it down. He is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he he's not pulling his weight defensively, but moving no, on. He is, just, <laughs> oh my god, he's just he's just this, a complete player. Is this is going to be one of those Luka Modric things, isn't it? Where he wins the Ballon d'Or when he doesn't deserve it. Oh, um, he does. <laughs> he does. Oh, he, oh my god! Um, what an absolute load. So we got we got a Spanish midfielder who can play a lot of passes. Oh, amazing! <laughs> um, all right. So Germany Germany were fairly dominant early, but then, um, as you say, Tiago and the boys started to get on top. They made a bit of a tactical switch, and I do enjoy that. Push the wingers a bit wider, and that tended to stretch the German back three, um, who are all a big bunch of brutes. So. That changed the game up, and then eventually Spain got their award in the 95th minute. Um, Jose Geyer um, helped himself to a goal. So, but that was a very, very good game. Um, and if you're a Chelsea fan, get excited. Timo Werner, again, very impressive in patches. If you're a Liverpool fan, um, fairly deflated because Thiago's going nowhere. But, um, yeah, so fairly yeah, So
0: Werner got their first goal, uh, Germany's did. goal, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, their only goal,
1: yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so he was quite impressive. So then... We're only two days later and Spain had to back up again, um, 4-0 over Ukraine. And this one I will give you was the Thiago masterclass, but also featured a double from Sergio Ramos.
0: So he's ta- so Ramos He's taking the pens. Has second to. minute, peno, um, and the keeper got a good hand to it too, um, down the right-hand side. But, yeah, Ramos um, smacked the penalty home, um, peeled off in celebration in the second minute, 28 minutes, um Ramos pops up again. This time, what a header. Yeah. How's the power on that? He he would be probably he was a bit further out than the penalty spot and probably on a forty five degree angle and he just fully jumps. That was Ronaldo's S the header. Just jumped over the dude and yeah, real strong header. Um over the keeper. Dropped it in for his double. Um and yeah, he looked good. And then then your boy Fatty.
1: Yeah, Tell so, us about him. So um Little Fatty, so he he came on against Germany in the first game there and he changed the game. He was a large reason around that. And then against Ukraine, he started like a house on fire. Uh, the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, it was all about Fatty. He, he did drift off in the second half, but by that stage, the race was run and the game was over. Um, but no, look, he was ultra impressive and he's Spain's youngest ever goal scorer, I believe. Um, so if you're a Barcelona fan, maybe, maybe Messi's time is up. It's all about fatty.
0: Yeah, and then, and then um, Torres got a late one um, in the 83rd minute to round out a 4-0 drumming of the Ukraine. So Spain um, move to top of that group. Um, so what? any other big games you want to cover? Maybe <laughs> uh, Gibraltar, San Marino? Yeah, no?
1: Gira- Gibraltar did it, eh? They bloody pipped the mighty San Marinans. One nil. Uh, didn't watch the game. Didn't want to. But <laughs> it uh, it happened. It genuinely happened. So then we move on to the real the real action. That's Portugal four, Croatia one. Absolute Drowning. dominance from the Portuguese. And I know you don't rate Ya Felix or Bruno Fernandez. Wow. That honestly, those two were unbelievable.
0: No Ronaldo either in this game. He was in the stands, um, chilling out. He was rocking no mask, and then um, one of the narcs went over to him and um, politely asked him to put his mask on. He rolled his eyes and put his mask on. So.
1: One of the uncool kids. Um, so you know, so Portugal didn't need him. They were so dominant. No Luka Modric um, or Rakitic for Croatia, but the twenty-seven shots for the Portuguese to five before they were up one-nil. They'd hit the crossbar and post three times.
0: Yeah, so they scored in the 40th minute. Um, Cancelo uh, got the goal. Your boy Jota from uh, Wolves, and then Felix, and then Silva finished it off in the 93rd minute. But yeah, a real drumming of Croatia. So, um, what does that say? What does that tell you a little bit more about um, Portugal, or does it tell you a little bit more about Croatia being off the pace? What do you I think?
1: think? I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit of both. I think Croatia are coming to the end of a. Fairly successful period. Um, a lot of those players are getting older, such as Rakitic and Modric. I think Portugal. I know Ronnie's towards the end of his career, but um, don't be surprised if they can give the next World Cup a real push. Like as we talked about, for Silver signing at Wolves, obviously a serious footballer. Yeah, Felix seems to be the shackles are off when he's playing for Portugal compared to a club level. Like he's a different player, and Bruno Fernandes might be the greatest player of all time. So you know, I think I think Portugal are a really good chance to. Give France a real nudge at the next World Cup.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think like their their midfield and their forwards are just unbelievably just got so much depth. Uh, I am a little bit worried at the back um, for um, Portugal if they're going to take that next step and and really challenge for um, a European title or another one. Sorry, and um, and the World Cup. But yeah, they, but Portugal looked good. Um, I'm disappointed Rodney wasn't there. I think he could have filled his boots and um, moved into that um, hundred. Plus, goal club. Um, but what about Belgium and Denmark? Um, yeah, Denmark, just a little bit of okay. Um, and Belgium, I, they didn't really seem in full flight, did they? They probably had another couple of gears to go. They cruised around in third gear to get this done.
1: Yeah, well, Belgium, they did. I, I think Denmark were all right. Like, they were competitive, but I think there was no doubt about the result. Um, Dries Mertens tucked home a late one from More of that um, hold-up play from Lukaku in the box. He just looks so good with his back-to-goal and role in the defender. Um, So, again, they just tried to bring him down and Mertens tucked at home. No De Bruyne for Belgium and no Eden Hazard. Um, So Thorgan featured. No one really minded. But um, without the big boys there, the, the Belgians were just all right. They didn't do a great deal. Um, take two nil. I don't think they take the Nations League that seriously. So let's let's move on to let's move on to the country that's invaded over 170 countries. Um, England one Iceland nil. Talk me through this absolute shit show.
0: No, nah, well I'm I'm yeah I feel rather strongly about this this game and one of the teams inside this fixture. I know what so, you're going to say.
1: Hang on, is it James Ward Prowse cheating?
0: No. Okay, sorry. There. Go on. <laughs> um, no, I so I watched the watched the game. Got up for it, um, and early on, England scored. Super Harry Kane um, tuck one in at the back stick. No sniff of offside whatsoever. The goal gets tucked away, and then probably thirty seconds later, the referee calls it offside, and there's no VAR or anything. Go to the replay. Harry's on side by about three meters, and the guys got hold of his shirt um, in front of him. So that was rather confusing. Um, And then we just watched probably uh, another 80 minutes of absolute dredge from the Iceland football team. Disgusting. Honestly, they got no ambition or anything like that. I appreciate that football can be played in a bunch of different ways and you don't need to kick the ball and have um, like free-flowing football and attacking. But they just showed zero ambition. Uh, completely like they had no no ambition to go forward whatsoever they weren't even like tucking in to keep it tight which is i know what they normally do and then breaking forward with some sort of ambition they, they just had absolutely no intention of going forward whatsoever and i just don't understand what their are what their future philosophy is like. If you're going to get beaten all the time, which the likely they are in this, you may as well have a go at trying to play the style of football you want to play, um, or by trying to to nick something. I just they just showed no ambition whatsoever, um, and and played everyone behind the ball, which meant for a rather dour affair. To be fair to England, they couldn't really. Um, break them down I mean they created a lot of chances but nothing um, really too strong or anything that they could convert um, and then yeah it took it took a um, a really late penalty um, from Sterling to, to get it done um, In I think it was the 90th minute and then 93rd minute um, Iceland decided to actually play a pass forward played a long ball forward um, and yeah um, England give away a penalty in the 93rd minute. So then we line up at the 93rd minute ready for this penalty and, yeah, the um, the Iceland lad just uh, absolutely blasted over and England win a rather underwhelming game 1-0. But, yeah, i just so disappointed in Iceland. I just don't see how you can roll out a football team like that with just zero ambition of playing your type of football or even nicking points out of that game. Disappointing.
1: So I suppose the question I have for you is, are you still dirty that Iceland knocked England out of the Euros in 2016? Is that why you're so upset about the performance? Because I thought the Icelandic, the nation, the 360,000, I thought they were quite brave. Um, and they're, they're, really, really, they're really, just to get, be in there. what are they, Group A? Group A? Level Group 10. A but
0: they were supposed to be relegated, but the reshuffle of the Nations League leaves them in Group A, so they'll get battered every week in there, But oh, like, um, which I'm okay with. You get battered, you get battered. I appreciate they're a small country, but at least have a go at something. Like, they're just so... Jeez, if, oh,
1: they, if they tuck that pen home, it's a very different story. It's bloody Euro 2016 all over again.
0: Yeah, well, I'm am, I am dirty on that, but can you talk me through the Ward-Prowse cheating um, comment?
1: <laughs> so... so um, A football pundit and a friend of the show, hopefully, uh, Roy Keane called James Ward-Prowse a cheat because he tried to, like, he um, kicked a penalty spot before they took the penalty, so he's not playing with the turf. Uh, Roy Roy Keane said it was blatant cheating. (laughs) And Roy's Roy's normally one who's fairly sort of calm about things, and um, this time Roy didn't hold back. He said James Ward-Prowse was cheating. And it paid off. Because Pickford go. was nowhere bloody near it. If it had been on target,
0: um, well, he didn't need to be. No one would get near that because it went well over the bar.
1: To um, okay,
0: so I think we are we are done with the um, Nations League for now, and I'll be saying goodbye to international football. And I am looking forward to having the Prem back. To be honest, but we might move on to transfer chat.
1: <laughs> oh shit! What a week, eh? After all the talk, where is Lionel Messi going? Told you so. (laughs) I said last week he's not going anywhere. He never was. Tell you what he's going to get in the next couple of weeks, a nice big check for his wages and a nice pay rise too, I'd say. What an absolute shit show for nothing.
0: Yeah, well, so in the end, it was just him kicking up a stink, um, wasn't it? And uh, I think if you went back on the episodes, I said he'll end up with uh, more money and more power at the club and sure enough, he's ended up with more money and more power at the club and he has gone nowhere. But the big question is who they're bringing in and are they moving Suarez on? Um, What are your thoughts on moving Suarez on or keeping him?
1: So, um, rumours are that Luis Suarez is training alone and I don't think he's bitten anyone this time. I think it's a move by the club to try and get him out. Um, apparently, he's, he's been linked with Juve, but um, I think his days are numbered. I think he's gone, so they need to bring in a new friend for Messi.
0: But, yeah, I don't think I don't like his move to um, Juve. That, that doesn't seem to fit for me either. I think because if, if you've got Ronaldo there, you need some um, – you need some sort of ball players and some legs around him, and Suarez is neither of those things. He's a he's a finisher these days, um, and so yeah, I'm just not sure how he's going to fit into that team and what you do with uh, the King if um, if Suarez is there. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of that move. Um, oddly enough, though, they um, have said goodbye to Rakitic, and <laughs> what about the fee?
1: So there's a, there, this this honestly. Dumfounds me. So in 2018, PSG offered Barcelona 90 yep. million for Rakitic, and they said no. 90 million. Things. They're like, nah, we don't want to sell him. So now they've given him a handshake, and he's off to Sevilla for 1.5 million.
0: And he took a pay cut, so he has taken a 46% pay cut too.
1: Uh, it, it boggles the mind. Like honestly, if Messi was kicking a, kicking up a stink about how the club is run, they've put like a global advertisement. As to how stupid they are with this transfer, it's just unbelievable. Yeah,
0: just I think um, obviously there it just goes to show their policy isn't um, very forward looking. Like how do you say no to eighty million um, sort of what eighteen months ago, um, and then release him for one point five? In that in that time, like it just doesn't make sense to me. But there you go, Rakitic. He got his move. He wanted to go to um, Sevilla, and and he's there. Um And he took a pay cut to get there. So I think that that's pleasing for the the football fans. Um So what about Havertz? It's, it's done. It's done. He's there. Big man. is eighty <laughs> mil.
1: Jesus, what what a window. Have they got any rain? money left? I think they do. It worries me. It worries me how much money they have left. Um, so it's a big signing for Chelsea. That's a real statement of intent. Like that. that is – That's a like he could potentially be one of the – I said the other day, like he could be one of the best players in the world for the next 10 years. Um, he's yeah. that good. But, um, yeah, they got their man uh, amongst the other men that they've picked up too. Like it's just – it's going to be such a different team round one for Chelsea than it was last year.
0: Yeah, like, what and what about the about? Uh, little um, – oh, great signing. Yeah, I think that, that's that been the pipe works for a long time and a great signing. Um, and there's a lot of talk about uh, Chelsea moving Willian on, but I think once you look at who they bought in, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense because um, obviously um, Willian's got some years left at the top top level. Um, so it does seem a bit odd on the surface, but as I said, when you see the players that um, Chelsea brought in, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I see why they've done that because there's just not going to be much room for William to, to play. Um, speaking of not much room to play, Bashwai. So how's this for a bit of business, right? They give him a pay rise and then ship him out online. There you go.
1: Money money is just no longer an object at Chelsea Football Club. I think Roman Abramovich is playing FIFA with like real people
0: in real life yeah like
1: honestly it just gives me a pay I do that on FIFA too you give someone a pay rise so you can sell them um, it's it's just ridiculous but Batshuayi's just been in the weirdest situation for a number of years here like how many times can you send a bloke out on loan before FIFA forced you to sell them
0: uh, he, he just needs to go somewhere where he can get settled and play I think if he actually he went back to Chelsea um, last season and um, played some played some games or come off the bench at least but yeah, I just think you gotta get games into here. He's got an international career and um his team have a chance of winning a World Cup or a European title. So I don't see why he wouldn't want to go out on a permanent move, um leave Chelsea, get some game time and break his way into that um that first team in, in Belgium. It just seems weird, but
1: Yeah. Dortmund, Valencia and then Crystal Palace all on loan. And he actually has scored goals at he scored goals at Dortmund and he scored goals at Palace. So I don't mm. know what he's he might like, maybe it's that pay rise. Like he just loves it. Might the be the
0: wages they can't get him, yeah. yeah. No one can actually come forward to,
1: to All right, so speaking of wages and uh, value for money, Newcastle, Ryan Fraser on a free, and then they've gone in for Callum Wilson for 20 mil.
0: So how close is that deal um, for Callum Wilson? Apparently it's it, been it's, accepted it's and
1: they're um, they're talking like wages now, like they're wages doing the transfer now, yeah. the traditional way.
0: No, that's good. I think Callum Wilson, he'll play every game at Newcastle too, which would be um, good for him and not so good for Jolinton. Um, but, yeah, good to see Newcastle um, throwing some some throwing some throwing cash around. Um, so, what about – oh, we've touched on this already, but what about Wolves, British true uh, Business? They're S- not mucking Silver. around. And was oh, it Markel?
1: Markel, yeah, from Leon. Yeah, so, they've brought a Leon. bit of experience in and then they've bought one of the most exciting prospects in Europe in Fabio Silva. So, his club record signing, 35 mil. Um, poor bastard's got to compete with Jimenez, but – I think this is a signing that, again, Sam's Havertz could be like he could be a, a player that they build their club around for the next ten years, if the if the word is to be believed.
0: Yep, and Mark Kelly is, is a signing for for now. So um, I think thirty one um, coming from Lyon, he did quite well in Liga um, with Lyon. Lyon went um, rather deep um, in in a Champions League run too. So yeah, some some good signings um, for Wolves. And I am rather impressed with both of those and as I said, I think Wolves will we'll push on um what about Liverpool and uh, getting rid of uh, Gigi is that happening not happening
1: I don't know I, the reporter he's going I think it's crazy I think he's so good like I think he's he's so underrated on Aldum. like um even his time. so you think it's crazy
0: to- so you think it's crazy from Liverpool side to sell him
1: well, for 15 mil, he's got 12 months left on his deal. 15 mil just seems very cheap for what I would consider to be one of the premier midfielders in the Premier League. Um, but I suppose if they want to recycle the squad, they have to move someone on. And he's been given the the curse.
0: And yeah, and um, and for Cumin, he's Dutch, so yeah, he gets signed. Simple,
1: yeah. fits the mold. One of the boys. So Barcelona, they've they've gone with something completely different. Oh no, wait, they've gone. They've just reverted back twenty years to when <laughs> Cumin's exactly. yeah. idol Johan Cruyff was in charge. So no, that's very yeah. progressive from Barcelona. Um, I look forward to their uh, obvious decline. Um, so Leicester have moved quickly to replace Ben Chilwell.
0: Yes, they have. Um, Canstany. I think is um, how you pronounce it. Um, so yeah, bought in um, and only a snip compared to what they sold Chillwell um, for. So they sold Chillwell for fifty, um, and they've replaced him with a five million dollar, five million pound. Sorry, um, left back, but um, a, a Belgium um, international has been sniffing around that squad um, and. I think it's a good signing and I'm going to trust Leicester based on their their track record. They've made some very shrewd signings um, and I think I am dying for them to spend some of that um, Harry Maguire, Ben well money but it um, doesn't look like it's going to happen. But yeah, a, a good signing um, I think and I think... You can't do anything but trust Lester in in the transfer market based on their their history. Um, so what do you what do you know of him? And have you seen him play for, for Belgium or what do you no, know?
1: So I I I do know of him. So he's a left back. He's quite exciting. Technically very good. He's from um, the fans' favourite Atalanta. So I think if you're getting anyone from Atalanta this summer, you're picking up a very good player. So yeah, so left back. Belgian international. Um, I think he'll just slot straight in, and he'll be very good from the start. He's also he's also quite young too, so expect to see him for a couple of years till someone comes in and Leicester charge him 150 million for him. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a really good signing, and it's just like for like, doesn't interrupt things too much, and he'll be a Belgian international for years to come.
0: Very good. Okay, everyone knows what time it is. You've got mail. You've got mail. Um, So I've actually got one sent to me this time. Um, It's fallen on my side of the fence. So um, our social media manager during the week um, got a quick DM from uh, Messi's agent and (laughs) a picture of Messi. Actually, sliding into the DMs. (laughs) Yeah, um, hitting us up on our socials. But um, yeah, we got a quick message from uh, Bradley who says, um, "I hope you don't actually expect people to believe that this is Messi." Um, emailing you in, so Bradley, um, you got us there, mate. Caught caught our bluff, um, and Messi did not send us an email. You spot on. So, oh,
1: on, I didn't think it'd make it through the spam filter.
0: Ah, uh, you made it through. Good on you, Bradley.
1: <laughs> um,
0: anything fall on your side, job, or you want to hit us no. with the uh, how they can get in contact with us? No,
1: so if you want to get in touch, um, that's gmail.com If you're listening, Lionel Messi. Um, you can still you can still send the email in or Brad, um, either of you two. So and then Facebook football played on paper. Instagram is at football played on paper and or on Twitter at football on pods.
0: Very good. Okay, we're back at the end of the week with uh, round one. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Um, you buzzing for a round one job?
1: Yeah, can't wait to see Chelsea's demise.
0: All right, tune in then. See you guys.